0: And hopefully we don't all get, you know, banned by Fred Hicks's friends and stuff. So sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry.
1: Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week, Jacob Hurst of the Hot Spring Islands joins me. We get Misty Eye talking about the former days of Google+, and lament how other forms of social media failed to achieve its bar of excellence. From there, we delve deep into the unexplored territories, and yet emerge victorious. Sisters and brothers, it is time to get rambling. Hello, Jacob. Hello. Um, I just don't know if you remember, but uh, we kind of connected up back in the... Google plus days. Yes. Okay. I didn't know if you remembered me.
0: Those long ago Halcyon days. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I miss it every day. I still, I don't know. It's almost habit to type in my, my web browser. (laughs) Plus.google.com. And it, there's nothing.
1: It (laughs) it was that way for a while for me. I Uh I find myself. Yeah. 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 it, it, It is such a strange. It came at such a wonderful time and and was such a magical thing and then now it's uh i say it's just gone yep and i i was involved in other hobbies at the time but nothing compared to the robustness of google plus for
0: the Mm -hmm. rpg hobby absolutely well i think it just it worked so well because so many people had blogs at that time and it scooped everybody up and so I mean, the thing that I saw that made Google Plus more different than any other social media you know, kind of thing was that here were all of these people that were basically doing the same thing or involved in the same hobby, and they were able to find each other immediately. Because if you get onto Twitter and you're like, oh, let me do some hashtag searches or Instagram and like, let me do some hashtag searches, like you don't even know what you're going to find. Like Facebook kind of had it easy because it's like you, you were with your friends and then uh, your family, right, uh, for the most part. But then Google Plus was weird because it was that circle sharing at the beginning because oh, one yeah. person could identify and curate the group and be like, oh, here's all these people that are worth talking to. Put it in a circle and then share it. So coming into that and being able to find like, oh, wow, here's like 400 people that are all kind of talking about the same thing was great. It was it was fantastic. And so I missed that part quite a bit, <laughs> quite yeah, a bit
1: I'm to say there weren't any bad eggs of course i will say that but going into it it's like i was shocked at how many people i made connections with so quickly and i would say signal to noise ratio was better than anything else i've ever seen like absolutely it's not like twitter where all of a sudden you're like wow i gotta spend a lot of time curating
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep absolutely well and then it was good because you could you could I had a circle called the abyss, right? Cause there are some people that I just, I couldn't handle um, all the time. And that's, that's the thing I think is that you have people that they post really good stuff and they make really good things, but then they go off on the deep end about anything. It could be about, it could be about their, their, the personal shit that they're dealing with. It yeah. could be about politics. It could be about whatever. I mean, and sometimes it's like, look, I, I want to, I want to see what you post. I want to see what you make, but I really don't want to know about the process. Cause there's, <laughs> you're, you're sharing too much of how the sausage is being made. And like, I am struggling right now and I don't need that too, you know? Right. Um, And so I could be like, go over there for a while, but I still <laughs> want to look at your art or I still want to read your blog post, or I still want to whatever. And you know, a lot of these other things, it's either you mute them completely or you block them or ban them. And and so I think that there were just these little, quality of life things that that google Google plus had that were fantastic and nobody else has has gotten that in in my opinion so that's the main thing that i miss i guess
1: (laughs) yeah i think there is a robustness in general for siloed groups in facebook
0: Mm. but it is definitely very siloed i don't know i've tried and even then like i i have a um i'm in this group for for like risograph printing and it's cool, but I swear that the algorithm is still showing you only what it wants to show you from that that group. Like it doesn't just give you here are today's posts and here's what people are talking about. It's like, oh, right. here's that thing from three days ago and nobody's talking on that thread anymore. And oh, you're trying to search for something, LOL. Like you're not gonna find anything um, that, you're, that you're actually looking for. So, I mean, I, when I've tried, I just feel like I've like run my face into the ground. So I I just don't on facebook i don't know
1: <laughs> well for the so we have an rpg zine uh group that's pretty robust cool and there's a couple others that i dabble in but i think i'm the type of person i don't necessarily whatever system i don't go full in i'm not like you know like like fake core i'm just fake core guy or i'm right. just and D guy or i'm just an old school essentials it's just like um, but I, it does seem like that there are certain groups that there is a lot of activity and that's pretty good, mm-hmm. but you're right. There's others that are probably are just still kind of weird and there's yeah. not a lot of, I think that's a problem is, is yeah, it's just a lot of, yeah, it's just not definitely not the same.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, those were beautiful, wonderful days. And now we are on the other <laughs> side of them. I think there were people, I, I saw some people talking about how, um, know because i guess there was the forge before you know in the olden days i never participated in that whatsoever but you know it obviously it had a a big impact on like a group of people and there was like the post forge and all that stuff whereas you know i think there's at least a number of us that were the post google plus that was the uh yeah it was the place it worked it was great everybody thought we were weird but you know it it was it was very nice (laughs)
1: yeah and it it, like i say it introduced me a lot of people Mm introduced me to probably some games i probably wouldn't have normally have considered um and i think it's in the way you're able to curate and section off and and even your own stuff uh, Mm -hmm. it was really well nice but i think like now obviously discord's a big thing but i think i find myself and a lot of Older people just find that very difficult to use on a regular basis.
0: Well, I think Discord is just IRC, right? I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a big yeah. chat. It's a big chat room. It's been done before. Now it's more centralized and that's fine and that's cool. And you've got little gifts and stickers and emojis and stuff. That's that's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's an ongoing chat room. Because I remember when, you know, people were saying when, when Google Plus was dying, it's like, well, where are we going to go? And, uh, discord kept coming up and up and like, I have a discord now, but it, it's just a chat. Whereas again, I think that thing, um, that made it, that, that made Google plus so nice was that everybody was blogging pretty much, at least it got on there initially. So there was that everybody sort of had a home base and they were already focused on creation. Um, and so then they were sharing their posts on Google plus, and then you could have your comments there on Google And it was, it was nice. Um, Whereas something like Discord, it's just it's a chat room, and people come in and they drop a link and they talk about something for a while, and then you're never really able to find it again. Because oh man, Discord search is uh, like I'm talking right. bad about, about Facebook search, but Discord search is just ridiculous. Like you're either you're there and you see it in the moment, or or you don't, and 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 you just don't. So yeah, it works and it has some good stuff, but it yeah, it, it's not it's not a replacement, you know, as a, as a good place to, to have, I don't know. I don't know what the difference between the conversations that you have in discord versus like on a, well, the the difference
1: is, is it's definitely kind of like with Facebook, there's a topic and everybody comments Mm -hmm. on that topic rather than just being a wall of, of chat. Yeah. And I can't remember if you could save, I kind of don't know if you can save. Uh... Well, and that's the other thing, too, is because you, you could also just, you know, that's where you, you just put you like you can with Facebook. You could just do a response with a dot and then you could follow oh, yeah. the chat without having to go find it every time. And you could you could uh...
0: the subscribing, yeah. subscribing with the dot to the uh, <laughs> to the topic. Yeah. So then you could watch it and get notifications on it. That was very that was a nice little workaround, too. And yeah, there's nothing, I mean, I, like Twitter, you can't do anything like that. Either you see it or you don't and you participate or you don't. And then the threads get split all over the place. And so, yes, people are having a conversation, but where, where is that conversation? And what piece of the conversation am I currently seeing? Um, makes it tough. <laughs>
1: yeah, <exactly.
0: laughs> yeah. Right. And then, and then, I mean, and so, and of course, I think that's one of the reasons that hot takes work so well on Twitter is because you don't that's really all you're going to see right and you don't know where in the process you're going to see so then you have you know one person ship posts and then another person ship posts to the ship post and it goes yeah. off in this total tangent and then people are like what's even going on um you know why are we talking about downshifting all of a sudden i don't understand and then you're like oh okay i see but you have to dig you have to you can't just like find it um so i don't know
1: and I also find with twitter um it's like I've curated enough, um, that I, I get a decent feed of things coming in, Mm -hmm. but I really don't know how, other than me posting podcasts, I really don't know how to engage it rather than the superficial, Hey, tell me what you're working on or Hey, whatever it may be. It's just like, I don't know, really, I don't feel like, I guess I don't know what I'm supposed to do.
0: Yep. (laughs) No, exactly. I, I had a post on and well, And that's the thing, too. I had one post on Twitter that sort of kind of blew up. I mean, as I mean, it was a very small, you know, bump, but it was one of the biggest posts that I'd gotten. And I got no new followers. I got no new nothing like it was like nothing really happened from it, except I got a whole bunch of notifications one day, which was cool. And it felt neat. But it like it wasn't. The connection isn't there in the same way. Which is interesting. I don't know because it's like it tries to to be, but it it doesn't. It just doesn't do it. Anyway, I don't know.
1: Well, <laughs> you're limited by what you can you can type, or uh, what you can generate sure. a you know a string. But it's not like you can say, hey, you know, I've got this idea. Let's do a jam.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, whatever it may be, where it's like let's riff off of this, or hey, you know, there's no really opportunity for that. Yeah. It's really just, I guess, hot takes on hot takes. Is that really?
0: Yeah. For better or for worse. I mean, you know, there were those, those Gygaxian democracy threads and stuff on Google+, Plus, where it's like, Hey, we're having, here's this topic. Everybody contributes something to this, like, you know, D 100 table and people would throw in stuff. And it was all there in this oh, nice let's, let's neat little back box. This up. Sure.
1: Gygaxian democracy. Was that the, a term used?
0: Yes, that was a term used in the, in I love the dark it. circles. So, yeah, it was, it was, you know. That
1: should be the name of a zine.
0: It probably could be. I mean, it's probably cursed. It's probably a cursed term. I shouldn't have said it out loud, but I said it. <laughs> um, and there we go. It was, it was good. You know, I mean, that's the thing. There were, there were good things in the past that happened and, um, you know. Yeah. And then everybody would participate and people would chime in like, you know, number 37, like, it's like, okay, we're talking about a swamp. What's a hundred things you can find in a swamp. And everybody would put it there and all the comments would be nice and neat. And people could come in and say like, oh, you know, okay. I see right now that we're at like number 37. All right. Well, I'm going to type in number 38 to like save that spot. And then they could come back and fill it in, you know, if the, if they had an idea, but then didn't have an idea. And then, and then there it was, uh, It was very interesting. And so that sort of like opportunity for, I mean, I don't necessarily want to say effortless collaboration, but I mean, those kinds of things were happening. And I feel like you can't do that in the same way. And I don't know if it's that the people are different because they're on different, you know, social media platforms or if, and so like they're more spread out and they're broken and just like the group. The group that existed is no longer there, or if it's just the algorithm of Facebook and the algorithm of Twitter is not really going to let something like that happen in the same way, like to do something like that on Twitter, where somebody's like here's the topic and everybody put like a reply for something that's in a table like I can't even imagine how that would happen functionally or what that would even look like. You know, in the app itself, when when you're trying to see, like, okay, well, who did somebody do 25, or are we on 15? What are we? Oh, somebody's got here's a 57 that just got fed to me. Where even are we? How do I participate in that? Um, Reddit seemed like it could have been a good place, and I was really hoping that Reddit could take off more because it has the nice, you know, threaded comments. Um, and you can reply to replies and stuff, and it keeps it nested, which is good. Um, I feel like Reddit has destroyed me from using like old school forums, right? Because like an old school forum where it's just this one list and you have the pages and stuff. And I'm like, I don't even know where in the conversation anything is. I can't handle this. (laughs) Whereas, you know, Reddit, I like, you've got, okay, you have your big topic comment and then you've got your little comments underneath it. Um, And that worked out well, but it just doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't do it like Google. plus. I don't know. For me, I think it's because I'm more visual and I like all the pictures. I like the big blocks. Like, here's a block with a picture in it. And then there's stuff underneath it, um, as opposed to just like a, a thread. But,
1: yeah. And I think, too, there's probably a couple of things. I mean, obviously, the software, the interface, and the way it puts information mm-hmm. influences the kind of conversations that we had, I think. But also, I think people come also probably to the different forums or different platforms for. Different,
0: different things. things. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because I, I think Twitter just gets it. Just gets it's kind of gets lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think I use Facebook. I use Facebook strictly for certain forums to, for certain particular things. So if I'm wanting a particular amount of information, I will normally do that. Usually, Twitter. I kind of use to kind of find. Maybe new and interesting people posting stuff. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really but but I don't normally interact with those people a lot, but I don't really legit. normally interact with individual. I don't act, interact with individuals on Facebook groups either. I just interact with the forum. I don't know
0: <laughs> it is it's interesting i mean it's a, it's an interesting kind of i don't know if I want to call it a problem, but I mean it's it's sort of it's an An interesting situation. So, well, I think Reddit is
1: good, except it's 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 kind of arcane in a way that you find stuff and
0: interface with it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can, if you can find a small subreddit that's focused, it's it's good. The bigger ones are just if you're not posting memes, you get nothing. Um, So I don't know. So if you can find the small, focused one, but even then, it just becomes. I don't know, it runs into the moderation problem. I, I think like you need to have a moderator for that, for that big forum. Um, you can't necessarily self-moderate something. So, like if I post something on Reddit and like it starts turning into a dumpster fire, like I don't have the ability to go in and be like, we're just cleaning this up on my own thread, and I'm sort of taking responsibility for my own post. And doing that where I think you could do more of that on Google+, Plus where, you know, you would have your post, you would have your thing. And then if somebody came in there and started just going, you know, batshit for whatever reason, you could start nuking those posts. Um, so you kind of self-moderated. Hmm. I hadn't really thought about that until this moment, but that there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think the thing, too, is like... I may not know all the places I want to subscribe or I want to get information, but say, mm-hmm. let, let's say there's a handful of people. I'm very interested in the things that they're interested in, right? Like for instance, like like for you, it's like maybe, you know, uh, certain types of art, maybe certain types of publishing, maybe another guy like uh, Clay Note Stein could be on typographic stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm just more interested in the stuff that they're engaging in or seeing more than me just hunting down and being trapped in all these endless forums absolutely and that's where i think facebook you can be friends with people on facebook but for me on facebook i use facebook my own personal profile well no profile i got but Mm -hmm. my own personal profiles is cheering out rpg stuff it's just yep odds and ends not
0: really and see that's the thing is that i every every person has different facets in their life and they have different things that they like. And I did like that later on in Google plus where people could do collections. Yeah. And so I had my RPG stuff. I had my music stuff that I liked. I had an art thing. And so then if you were interested in the things that I liked, then you could follow one of my collections. But then also if I liked different people, I, I like That's one of the things that I really struggle with on Twitter is that I have a lot of like programmer people that I follow because they're doing things that are interesting. I have a bunch of like pixel art people that I follow because they're doing interesting stuff. I have my RPG people that I follow because they're doing interesting stuff. But if I want to keep them separated, you know, to, to get all musical there, um,
2: (laughs) I need to have like
0: different, I need to have different accounts for each one. I can't, group yeah. people into a circle and be like hey here's all my programmers they're all in a group you know what let me check in and see what they've been talking about recently and i click over onto the circle and then here's here's the feed of all of their conversations that i i have chosen that they go in that programmer category maybe they don't actually go in the programmer category maybe they would put themselves in some different category but i was the one that got to say like no you belong with these people i'm going to put you in that little shelf and you belong with those people and i'm going to put you on that little shelf and sometimes i'm going to go and i'm going to look at that little shelf and see what's going on and then maybe i'll jump into the conversation or maybe i won't and i i mean i miss that a lot i don't know it's it's crazy but i guess i think the problem
1: with twitter is like if i like a person or follow a person everything they like then just they hit a like on jumps and that's what's killed me on people yeah like that, their, their their feeds good, but they like stuff, and I'm like, I can't take this anymore.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, and honestly, who knows? That could be one of the the reasons that. Yes, on on Twitter though, I have it set up so that I get um, I get my posts in chronological order, so I don't see that because yeah, I can't stand it. Um, I follow people. I nine times out of ten turn off their retweets. Um, and then put it in chronological order, and it's been a lot better for me, but then I'm sure that there are other people who are like seeing the things that I like and they're like, What the hell is this shit? and then you know I don't know i I yeah, because I don't think about I don't necessarily think about things when i when I hit that like button and I probably should um because yeah, because it does it, it feeds it if you have it on the the purely the algorithm you know purely the algorithm version it is going to show that kind of crap uh. But sometimes Which is not, it's
1: good. But if people like it good is. stuff, it's great. Or retweet, I'm happy right. with it. But that's what happens is I end up calling people based on what they post and what they like. Mm-hmm. And, and those are different
0: things. Those are different facets yeah. potentially, you know. Um yeah. And you can't there's no way that you can really sort that group that organize that like filter it so that you can get to the good stuff because i think there's good stuff all over the place you just
1: yeah like there's one guy that followed me i'm like oh, i'll just because that's what i'll do i'll look at their their, their what they post to go to there and see it i'll follow them back and if it's reasonable uh and i did it and it was like pornographic gifts that they were liking i'm like, <laughs> like right like okay i don't need every time you like one of these things to show up in my feed i don't need this.
0: <laughs> yes, this is not the discoverability that I am looking for in the social yeah. media platform. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I,
1: I guess yeah. I should have known that stuff was out there on Twitter. I just I was clueless I'm like, huh, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. I guess there that's a is. thing. And yep. I looked, and like that person just posts these gifts, and it's just mm-hmm. like, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> yep. And I think political season, that's where it comes into of play too. It's like always. I don't mind with Facebook, like, I don't mind people having different, I don't mind people having d- opinions different than myself. I don't, sure. I'm fine with that. I, if somebody has a well-reasoned, say, hey, you know, whatever, whether it's pro or, or against a candidate, I, if it's well-reasoned, I don't have a problem with that. I, I enjoy that. But boy, there just doesn't seem to be any sort of reasonable ground with any candidate on either side from either side it's just anything like, it's like at the point where it's like okay it's election season i gotta stop this
2: yep <laughs> yep So, yeah. but it's anyway stuff.
1: <laughs> we will not solve that i i don't nope. think we're not elon musk i guess if i was elon oh, musk I could right solve 40 billion dollars at a at a social mm-hmm. media platform oh uh-huh. And create a, one just for RPGs, but. Uh, yeah,
0: we need to just <laughs> learn to code and build our own and we'll be fine.
1: <laughs> so back in the day, in the Google Plus days, uh, you were asking for, because um, I had some textures that I posted, I did, was doing photography. Oh, yeah, yes. And you were working on, I don't, what, what were those textures? I don't know that you ever used my textures, but was that the, were you were working on Hot Springs Island at the time? Or was this pre-Hot Springs Island?
0: Uh, No, that would have been when I was working on Hot Springs Island. It was coming together, and so I was trying to use different textures for things. But I think I have to scroll back quite a ways. Um, I am pretty sure, because it was like rust textures, wasn't it? Like some drips and
2: stuff? Yeah. Okay,
0: yes. So what I did with those is I was trying to – the idea that I had – is that similes are spells, right? So if you say that someone is as strong as a tiger or as strong as an ox or, you know, whatever, like that's a spell. Um and so I thought it would be cool to look at like Robert E. Howard, like Conan short stories and try and, you know, parse out all of the similes from it and and put that to the test. And I was tentatively calling it Hyborian witchery because like that sounded like a fun name. Um, and so I did. I I parsed through, like I'm I am not a programmer, but I was able to beat my face against the keyboard uh with enough Python to sort of at least pull out, you know, um sentences that contained the word like and then go through and parse them and make sure like where the similes and you know, I refined it and stuff. And so I had a list of them. Um And I definitely thought, yes, these are, these could be spells, but then it was like, but how do I organize them and how do I sort them and how do I level them or do I level them or do I whatever? Um, And I saw your, your photos with the textures and I was like, these are really cool. This could be fun to maybe incorporate into that or incorporate into hot springs. Um, And so I, I messed with them and I did some, like, I messed around with the covers, but then it just, it's sitting in the folder of, of, uh, you know, not dead projects, but Right. like it's there but it's not there um <laughs> well, I, I never
1: did could ever see anything that would have been used for but it's like i wonder if everything came of that or what project you're working on at the time so i know um but but, but going back to i'm that, sorry so, oh go ahead
0: oh no you just it just lagged to
1: oh so to that's kind of interesting so i mean this this goes to show i guess <laughs> as the the muse dictates a thing right
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you get this idea similarly as a spell and then we go through all the all this work <laughs> but i but it's so you wrote a a program uh to, to 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 pull that out
0: i did i did and then i ended up using a lot of that later um when i did my world builder's notebook to then again sort of like parse through a bunch of sword and sorcery texts, and then pull out verbs and adjectives and descriptors and things like that. Because I think it's really, words are really interesting. I really like words. I really like word changes. I like memes, I mean, as as part of that. Um, And so when you look at an author, like they have their their words and phrases. And when you look at the genres, I think they have their words and phrases. if you were to go through, if you were to go through like a bunch of different, like religious sects in the world yeah. and look at like, and you parse their sermons or parse their prayers or parse their whatever, like you're going to be able to tell like, oh, well, these are the Mormons because they're using this phrase. And these are the Lutherans because they're using that phrase. And these are the Catholics because they're using that phrase or whatever. Um, and so I think the same thing applies to genre fiction. Um And so I'm just, I'm really interested in that kind of stuff, but it's not, again, I'm not a programmer, so it's difficult to really do what needs to be done. Um, But it's definitely something that I like to mess with. And I think it's really fun Um, because I took a bunch, so I took the, the sword and sorcery stuff and I parsed it and was looking at things and like, for example, like just guessing off the top of your head, if... If we're reading through sword and sorcery stories, and there is the word "chest" as in like a person's chest, what words do you think are going to be used to describe a chest in a sword and sorcery story? Just
1: that's a good question. Um, used to describe chest, I would say, I I would say it would have to do with somebody having a large chest, but I don't know what would be
0: used to describe it a large chest or a hairy chest or probably, like a woman's probably I will, books I probably you know
1: expect hairy
0: hairy okay well no, hairy did come up that was that was one of the top words that was one really uh, yes in the
1: yes. 70s i would expect
0: it but in the 30s uh-huh.
1: less so <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so then i flipped it around and was like well you know we have to prove that this is legitimate like is there going to be some difference and so i I then also looked at a number like a a pretty decent number of like cyberpunk stories um, from the eighties. Like, well, let's look at the chest there and like, like, let's look at body parts there and see, are there different descriptive words? Yes, there are, you know, chests in a cyberpunk story are going to be bare and pale and scrawny or whatever. Whereas in a sword and sorcery story, they're going to be big and hairy and burly and whatever. And, and the colors, the color usage is different too. I mean, it's not going to be a sword and sorcery story. If, if there's not crimson like it's got to be crimson blood and crimson this and that and um and the word pink never really showed up and then looking at these were these works from the 80s of cyberpunk stuff and then pink is all over the place and i'm like this is really really interesting to me um but i don't exactly know what i'm going to do with it but it's really really interesting (laughs) to me so uh, there you go that's one of the things that I well, mess with. It
1: almost feels like, in a sense, he could create a set of rules mm-hmm. for, for writers <laughs> by well, genre. I,
0: I think that there is a real possibility that if someone were to make a tool that could like truly analyze a person's writing and show you what you're doing as a writer, that could be one of the most dangerous things ever. Because it's like, here is a glimpse into what you're doing. And like, I think that that would cause people to potentially change what they're doing. Um, And I think it would be like, if you're a writer and you have done some sort of official analysis of your writing, that you use the word jagged as one of your go-to touchstone descriptors. And you now have a report that's like, well, you use jagged, you know, in 50% of your works and this, whatever, whatever. Like if I'm writing and all of a sudden I write the word jagged, like that's going to fuck me up. Like, I'm going to be like, oh no, I can't do that. Um, So I think that if, if a tool is ever done or if something like this is done, I really feel like you should only direct it at the dead because then they can't, like, it's not going to mess them up. Like you should only look at, at authors from the past. Um, or well, genres in the past.
1: If if you get like I use um pro writing Aid, mm-hmm. and it does reports, one of them is word usage. It'll do it'll do phrase and and word usage, but I use that because I'm not a a, 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 uh, <laughs> a skilled writer and I keep using the same words over and over again and it helps sure. me to, to or phrases and it helps me yeah. to eliminate it. So I think if you're I think in ge- I could be wrong because I'm not speaking as a as a really a a, um, a true author, but I think people tend to just maybe just write without worrying about perfection, and true. and they maybe don't get worried up worried about jagged at that point, and yeah. then they go through the next sweep because right because if you start editing while you're writing, you're in trouble.
0: Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yep. I wouldn't know anything about that. That's... <laughs> This is what? No. No. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's okay to have the report after you're done writing, but not while you're writing.
0: Right. Like, yeah. Jagged I, I, and
1: you get all voice. Oh, this is the eighth time you've used this this, this uh chapter.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, but, but that, that's one of the things too. I think it's so important to have another person. And I think another person and not an artificial intelligence that comes in and is your editor afterwards. Like you need that person to come in and be like, this is shit. What is wrong with you? Why did you do this? You know, (laughs) (laughs) fix it. You can do better than this. Um, because I, I think that makes a, makes a huge difference in, in stuff. And yeah, because if you are writing and then you're editing yourself, well, then it becomes very easy to say like, oh, well, I need to, um, maybe I'll just go ahead and effectively edit as I'm writing. And yeah, only, only death and misery lie in that direction. Don't ever do that. Uh, yeah, but that's why- I'm
1: able, I'm able to separate it out, which, yeah. which is good. But I, think, but I do see what you're saying. I think if you're probably different personalities, it affects differently.
0: Yeah. I think for me, it would get in my head if somebody was like, oh, here is exactly like I've analyzed the corpus of your works and uh, I've discovered <laughs> that these are your crutches, Jacob. And I would be like, cool. I'm never writing again. That's it. We're done. It's over. Why did yeah. you do this to me? Um, Or why did I do this to myself? I guess. Yeah, that would be that would be the thing. Um, But yeah, well, I mean, do the thing that I have done to help myself with that process or uh, to, to do that is I really like writing on paper first um and then I let it sit and then I take it and I type it into uh, you know I use sublime text uh, as a text set because it's like super plain text there's no bullshit you just type um. And so then I put it in there. And during that process of like transitioning it from the paper to the digital version, it's basically an editing pass. I'm like, who wrote this trash? This is like, what is this? Um, And so I fix what I can fix. And then I let it sit for a while. That's the most important thing for me is you gotta let it sit because if you read it too quickly, it's like, no, this is good. Um, (laughs) And it's not, the brain lies my well, brain wise
1: <laughs> I think we also grow too. I think that's also part sure. of it too. Cuz there's some stuff it's like, you know what? I wrote some stuff a couple years ago, put mm-hmm. it out. I'm like, you know what? I could just freshen up a little bit, put out and maybe maybe just do a kickstarter but just put it out real cheap. Yeah. yeah. And then I started looking at it and I'm like, I guess I'm rewriting this. <laughs> <laughs> There's no just like refreshing it, refreshing it up a little bit. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm a different person. I, not that it's terrible, but it's just like, sure. no. And I, and I realized that something from being a very simple project was going to turn into a bigger project that I decided I didn't want to deal with at the, at the time. Exactly. And then
0: it sits in a folder called dead dreams. Yeah. Well, uh... <laughs>
1: it, yeah. Oh, it does. Maybe it, for it's, me. Yeah. It still exists. Well, the, I I guess, let's go, okay, let's talk about dead dreams. So when you say dead dreams, do you have stuff that you've started and then that you've shelved? Or are these things you've never really went very far with?
0: Uh, it's a combination. There's both. I mean, there's stuff like, I think that Hyborian witchery thing is one of the things that's in my dead dreams folder. You know, and I have all the stuff there. And like, I again, it's like I have, It's that thing where it's really easy to sort of come up with uh, an adventure idea when you're at the bar with your friends and you're drinking and you're writing stuff down on the back of the napkin. Then it's like, this is awesome. And everybody's really pumped about it. And it's like really cool. And you know, it's really cool. You know, it has good core ideas. But then, then after everyone sobers up in the morning, uh, you realize that well now I'm gonna have to do the work in order to make this work. Like it can't just be in this format. Like it has to have it has to have a lot more. There's a, a whole bunch of work is gonna have to go into this. So like with the Hyborian Witchery thing, right? So yes, similes can be spells. The similes that are used in in um, uh, Howard's work are very different than the similes used in Lovecraft's work. And if you were to make a wizard that used Howard like similes and you were to make a wizard that used lovecraftian similes they would have totally different spell sets and it would be awesome and it's a really cool idea but what the fuck about the mechanics and what about the levels and what about balance and what about whatever and like all of these things and so yes you could take it and you could just be like here's the list i've I've pulled this together for you but i feel like if it doesn't have that that i don't know that human analysis and structure or whatever put onto it uh it's not a sellable product right i mean it could be a cool blog post but it's not something that i think that you should take and put onto put onto a store really put onto paper you know and say like i i have killed a tree to make this thing because it's worth it <laughs> like no it's it's uh, trash like in this current format like it has a good you have a good seed of an idea but now it's time to actually do the work and turn it into something um and so then that's probably why I never release anything um, <laughs> you know, I don't know uh, because then well, it, it there's a couple the...
1: ways you could there's a couple ways you could approach this mm-hmm. so one would be, um, and I'm not necessarily recommending you to one, but I'm just oh sure, two ways of it I mean one is is fate core okay and uh and but I think fate is kind of. I, I'm not, I love the concept of fate. I I really want to love it more. I love the idea of fate more than I actually it, like actually playing fate.
0: Okay. I, on Honestly, I've never played fate ever because I was on Google plus and by the time I heard about it. And so in the, the circles in which I found myself, you know, are orbiting the dark stars. It was like, Oh no, fate is trash. And then, um, And then also when I, being, being an independent person and, you know, creating my first work and doing this stuff, one of the things that's really important to me is I believe that when a person buys the physical product, they need to get the digital product as a part of that for free, um, for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, one of the things is, is that I'm, I'm fiercely and stupidly almost independent and so i'm like well i'm just gonna sell to retailers you know in my area and and i'm gonna reach out to them and i'm gonna be like you should have my books in your store because um i i don't know that's me um and so some of them said yes and they were like yeah we'll buy your books and some of them laughed at me and said get out of my store fine um that's just the way the sales works right but these guys had my books in their store and they bought from me a few times. And so then I found out that there was that, there's this like bits and mortar, you know, group or whatever that I think is associated with the fate guys. And so I emailed them. And so I'd had all of this experience on Google plus of this like big collaboration and everybody's helping everybody out. And it's like this, you know, rising tide lifts all boats and yada, yada, yada. And so I reached out to them and they're like, Oh no, you're not an official distribution. Like, we're not going to help you. I'm the creator of fate. No. No, you're, you're come back when you're in distribution. I was basically like, fuck you, dude. Um, Everything that everybody said about you is true. I'm obviously you told me to go fuck myself. Like I will never play your game ever. Like take your pluses and minuses and throw them some folks.
2: <laughs> and now at this
0: point I have just, I've now I've just lost, you know, 500 Twitter followers or whatever. When this live. I guess I don't <laughs> anyway so i
1: oh <laughs> I, no that's legit I, I that's that's cool uh if you are gonna go out might as well go to a blaze of glory
0: if i'm uh, gonna rant s- i'll rant all the way yeah
1: so <laughs> I, I like that so let's let's just take this back um right because right. I, I i i so let me just state what i my i think i understand <laughs> and i don't know that i, I fully understand. i think there is um is there an open gaming license for just the basic part of fake core? I don't know. Not the, I, I'm not sure. Let's see. We'll see. Google's our friend. We'll just see. Is there an OGL? OGL. I know they have an SRD, but it doesn't mean it's the same as having an open gaming license. Sure. Open games like OGL for fake core. Uh, yeah. So they have like an it. open gaming license. Sure. So you could have used the open gaming license in an SRD, Mm -hmm. but were you wanting to do something using Fate or what were you wanting to do?
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I wanted to use – I wanted retailers who had my books in their business to be able to give customers a digital download. Okay. And they had a solution. And they told me that I wasn't good enough to use their solution because I was oh. not an official distribution,
1: but that wasn't uh, them. It was the, uh, it's the uh, gaming. Uh, what was it called IGL independent gaming union?
0: No. Well, it was not. Fred Hicks that told me to go fuck myself. So,
1: oh. well, there you go. <laughs> there, we go. there we go. I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm
0: done. I got um, it.
1: I, so it really wasn't fake core. It was, sure. it uh, was the
0: people that were associated with it that,
1: Yes. And I understand. Now that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So uh, option two. (laughs) (laughs) There is no open gaming license for this, but the cipher system does, Mm -hmm. it does purport to use the adjective noun verb or whatever it is. I think it's a fun system, but really it's still mechanical unless open-ended, but, that may not be a bad system to, to, to tease apart to do something similar
0: like that. Oh, legit. Yeah, well, and, and I know there's uh there's a uh, what's it called wonder and wickedness that um oh my gosh, I'm blanking. There are like level of spell uh, ideas and concepts that are out there. That, that's something that it could it could definitely be you know put together and, and done. It's just again like you know, doing doing the work and should i work on that should i focus on that or should i focus on something else and that's where it becomes um really hard right right? because you know you you get that thing and honestly i mean that's kind of one of the places where i feel like i am in a lot of stuff at this moment where it's like i have i have these potential paths forward and i know that it's going to be a lot of work to go down each one but i don't know which one is going to be the best like, which is the best choice to make right now? Because everything is sort of obscured in fog at the end, which I mean, I mean, that's just life. Right. Um, but it's trying to make those, those calls on like where, where should I focus my work right, right now? You got
1: finance resources time right. and it's, and it's everything you do there. There's a cost mm-hmm. uh, time cost to it. So where do you, where do you apply that limited resource? So I think the difference also between us is, Everything that I've done has been far less ambitious.
0: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah. You go big or go to hell is what we we do over here, and um, so we spend a lot of time in Hades. And there it is.
1: <laughs> so let's just go back to this because because uh, I'm, I'm I'm so fascinated by it. so <laughs> this whole. Um, adjective uh noun yeah you could you're talking about for spells but why can't it just be your system
0: i hate systems i'm not a rules guy which is one of the reasons that i don't i mean like <sighs> i i think so 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 my thing is is that because of when i was born i guess um i came into video games before I came into uh role playing games. And and the thing is is that role playing games clearly had a dramatic and powerful influence on video games, especially like in the early days. I mean, if you look at the original Final Fantasy, which I got when I was like 8 or 9, I guess, um all of the monsters, not maybe not all of the monsters, but a significant number of the monsters in there are direct ripoffs of the D and D like Monster Manual. Like they pulled them like the Rakshasa is in there, you know, as a tiger dude. Like they're all they they were all pulled in there. I got um, what's the name it's a, a Mono? I believe I hit his book of like all this Final Fantasy concept art. And looking at the early Final Fantasy concept art, it's like, dude, you were clearly playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> with your friends, like obviously. Um and so so my perspective and th- that that i my goal with like hot springs Island and swordfish islands, if they ever you know finally exist, is is that you don't. I think you need to buy content. I think that content is what, what there should be because people already have their rule system that they like. They have the rule system that they know. They have the rule system that they play. You just need to, a place that you can put that into. So like when you look at you know gaming systems, you have uh, like video game systems, right? Like consoles, perfect example. You've got your PlayStation. You've got your Xbox. You've got your Nintendo each one of those has its own rules that dictate how the programs have got to work for it. And so if you make a video game, you can then, um, you know, you can, I can't remember the word right now. Uh, but you can, it's not localized. I always want to say localized, but, um, you can, you can get your video game set up to work on, uh, you know, Xbox and Nintendo and PlayStation. And so, I think that Hot Springs Island or I think that Adventures and stuff should be like that. You should write it in a way so that then you use it with, you know, Fate or you use it with, um, you know, OSE or you use it with Lamentations or you use it with 5th edition D&D because you can. Um, and it shouldn't be that much of a problem to do that it is going to take some work and and so then that's kind of because in a perfect world if i could do anything that i wanted there would be hot springs island the books as they exist right now and then there would be a set of like supplements that's like here's how you run hot springs island using you know fifth edition dungeons and dragons here's all the stats here is the way that you should set up your difficulty checks um here's how you should do that kind of stuff and then here's how you should do that for dungeon crawl classics if you want to do it And here is for you know something else or something else and something else so then when you when you buy it you buy the the dark and the field guide and then the rule supplement for whatever rule system you're using as opposed to um but obviously this is a bad terrible idea and if you really want to do a good thing or you want to make you want to have a really big kickstarter or whatever you need to put the rules in the game because i think that that's what people expect right like people there's that big board game piece where there's this thought where it's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a board game and everything I need to play the board game rules and all is inside this box. And this box is going to give me everything. Whereas I'm over here being a fucking weirdo saying like, no, you already have your rule system that you've been playing for 30 years. Like, why would I try and come up with a new way of like, I hate change for change's sake. You know, that's one of the things that's so aggravating is that so much technology is like directly attacking muscle memory, right? So you have your Android and your back button is on the left and then you move to iPhone and your back button is on the right. And so you lose that shit. And that same thing happens with these, with game systems where it's, it's basically these just superficial changes. Oh, on this, no, you're supposed to roll low. Oh, on this one, you're supposed to roll high on this one. You're supposed to roll whatever. And I'm just like, I don't even want to mess with that. I have the thing that I play. I want to play the thing. I just want to give you a cool place that you can play like here's the setting here's the monsters here's the factions here are the the personalities that are involved in the way that they are like enmeshed with each other and you're going to get in there and mess up all that and like honestly i don't care if you have to roll a 12 or a 15 to hit that guy because if you're hitting him you're probably making a bad decision and you're about to die so like i don't necessarily like okay I don't know. Yeah,
1: but I think what you're dealing with there is more of an overlay. But when you're starting to deal with spells, you're really you're tied to mechanics.
0: Right. And, and exactly. And that's why it sits in the dead dreams folder because <laughs> that becomes because because it's it's very difficult to yeah. to do that right, you know. Um yeah, because yeah, it, it would have to be tied into something and locked into something. And that could be made into a big system, but then I'm like, but I don't want to make systems, I'm not a systems guy, like fuck the rules, you know. <laughs> we just want content over here but that you know that's why i live my life like i do um so yeah yeah well, there we go
1: <laughs> there, there was this so if there was a company iron crown enterprises uh, mm-hmm. back in the day you know I, I usually know exactly why they did it but they said you know what there's these D D rules for combat for spells but we'll come up with our own rule system that you can just bolt on to yeah well, they didn't really bolt on. I mean, I don't know who. I don't know if anybody. Maybe somebody did, but I don't know if anybody used arms law in D and D. Yeah. I mean, so I think what happens is people just defaulted to uh, to doing it. But it, you know, in concept, it was that. But in reality, it's like it, it just didn't work. I mean, it, yeah. Maybe, it could work, but it's like I don't know. The the paradigms just were were too different.
0: Well, I think the the thing for me is that when it when it does come to rules, um. A lot of the times, like if you want to play a crunchy combat based game, if where it's like combat as sport and positioning matters and speed matters and pacing matters and all that kind of stuff and like distance and measurements and all that, in my opinion, video games rule that world. Like you cannot beat video games at that, like you can't beat that game hades or like diablo diablo is 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 very good at that like you can make a a wizard and you can be powerful and your positioning is very important but you're able to kill like hundreds of enemies at a time a tabletop game i don't think is going to be able to do that or deliver that in the same way but i think that I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm actually secretly a story gamer or some shit. But um, (laughs) you just found out. You just right. Oh my god. No, but like, but in a you know, in a tabletop game, you have more. You can interact with the environment. You can interact with all the factions. It's all about the like finding. I think for me, like the exploration and the finding information and the knowledge and stuff, and and dealing with the dealing with these really messy. I don't know, political situations or what I guess it is potentially the word or these these, right. these consequences of your the choices and your actions. It's very
1: rigid. They're along rigid paths. Whatever decision you make has to be something that was already programmed into it.
0: But also it's, it does a really good job of, of handling mechanics yeah. to the effect of if you shoot this fireball and it hits a dude, it pushes him back 10 feet and knocks him into somebody else. And so it can handle all of that math for you beautifully with like gorgeous graphics and make it look really cool and make you feel, you know, pretty good because like, oh, I did that. Um, Whereas if you try and implement, if you start to get really crunchy with your spells or with your attacks or with anything like that in a tabletop game, it just, I feel like it just grinds it down into like crap. Because then all of a sudden you're playing fifth edition and you're like, oh, no, no. It's Jacob's turn, and he's playing that multi-class abomination, and now we're going to have to sit here for 10 fucking minutes while he's like, okay, so I did this, but then I'm going to action surge, and then I'm going to second wind, and then the wings of whatever are going to blah, blah, blah. And you're all just sitting there like, you know, if this was a video game, that would be handled in like two seconds by all of the, you know, the computations on the background, and you'd be able to move on but the computer is not going to be good at the interaction of, okay, so you guys have just killed the king and now there is a power vacuum in this kingdom. Let's deal with that. Whereas like, that's the stuff that's really interesting to me as opposed to like the mechanical, like, okay, here is a spell that is going to turn something into a snake. And what does that really mean? Um, I like, yeah, I I like big, I like horrible decisions, you know, I guess, because I think that, where people are having to make judgment calls and there is no good, clean, right answer. Um, The most recent thing, I guess, that I've been working on. So Bryce Lynch over at 10 foot pole. Yeah. Uh, I love that blog. I love what he does. I love what he writes. Like it's one of the only things it's, it's the thing that I read the most religiously, if you will, like every time I post this out, I'm like, I got to read it. Um But you know, he, reads all these adventures and many adventures are not very good. And so he was like, I'm going to do a contest and you have like two weeks to write an adventure. That's like eight pages long or, or whatnot, or it has eight rooms and you have a hard page limit and stuff. Um, and so I did that and I wrote it and I made, and it's done. And I was like, yeah, I feel good. Cause like, I actually like sat down and was like, I have to do this. I have this time pressure. Um, and it was, it was, it was nice, but in it, like the whole thing is, is that I was like, okay, so you have this guy and he's stealing children and obviously this is bad. But then the thing is, is that, so this dude is in this like iceberg and he is um, a prince of the fae winter court and he's sending out harpies to steal children. Um, but the children that are being stolen are children that have great innate magical power. And so he's basically stealing them and sending them to be trained and work for the winter fake court. So obviously it's really bad because children are being stolen, but at the same time, if the children are left untrained, they could become like literal world ending threats. And so for me, like the decisions that players are going to have to make of like, well, what the fuck do we do here? Like, that's the stuff that I'm interested in. And like, I don't think that your rule system is going to be able to ever handle that choice. Like, this is like, do we kill this guy? Do we try and um, take things down? Do we try and interrupt like his child theft? Do we take the children back home? You know, like, what do we do? And, and I don't think that a rule system is going to do that. I mean, I guess maybe you could say like your, your player's morality is the rule system and get like that. But even then like it's, it becomes messy. And it's right. those messes like that, that I am just like, that I guess I'm deeply interested in. And so for me, I'm like, well, that's content. That's not rules. So let me make that kind of content. Um, well, right.
1: <laughs> I think the problem will be is right for, for general plots and things like that, it works out. But I think, sure. and I think the problem also can be um, is if you're not, so I just jump around systems uh, a lot. So if you're not real familiar with a particular system, you may not, like, I just started playing uh, old school essentials. Yeah. Or running or started running it. My, that's deadly. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, you'll kill everybody. Like, yeah. And now I, now I look at creatures in the best area. It's like cave bear. I'm like, that could wipe out an entire party with no trouble. Yep. Like, a whole party
0: with retainer, like everybody's dead. Like, And that's so interesting too, man. Like where, where you have people that are like, Oh, it's just a cave bear. I've played all these video games <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Like, I mean, this, this is an XP fodder. Like I'm supposed to kill this so that I can level my character up so I can have a real fight. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then if you see like a video on TikTok, or, like I saw this thing of some idiot walking in the woods and there's a grizzly bear and they're like I'm trying to approach this grizzly bear and the grizzly bear is uh, anyway the grizzly bear then charges with its mouth open and it's like oh that's why it's able to kill a whole party of retainers if you if you increase its size and weight by like you know 20% like yeah it will slaughter people um but i think that there's that video game and that mechanical thing that comes in where it's like no you were supposed to be killing this and that that mentality shift of this encounter is here for me to kill so that I can progress to the next encounter where I'm supposed to kill. um, And sort of upending that is, is difficult. It's difficult to do. Yeah. And
1: I think even with the players, um, they they vary uh, in age, um, but, and, and, but the thing is, is like, you know, I, I, you know, still come back and explain to them. It's like, you know, there's nothing balanced in these, you know, some things are easy. Some things are hard, but the intent is not, just attack everything head on
0: right well and i mean it it's hard i've been playing um my my kid was in you know a preschool and I went over to, you know, once you're in that, you start getting on that birthday party circuit. And we got on the birthday party circuit and we went over to, you know, one of his friends' uh, house's first birthday. And then all of a sudden discovered that his dad plays Dungeons and Dragons too with a group and they play every Tuesday. And so they were like, you need to play with us. So I've been playing fifth edition with them for like the past three years now, which is fantastic and wonderful and awesome. Um, and we had ended a campaign and when that happens, we they typically like rotate, you know, who's DMing right. and stuff and, and rotate the rule systems or whatnot. And so I was like, listen, I would really like to run some mothership. Let's play some mothership because I think it would be fun. I'm like, I've been playing Metroid Dread on you know the Switch. And so like I have space and all that stuff in my head right now. Let's do this and just that whole mentality shift i told them from the get go combat is basically a fail state you don't want to get into combat i mean you can <laughs> but it, if combat is a fail state and and even then like they did not it didn't it didn't sink in i mean we we did uh dying hard on hardlight station and there's the prelim there's the preliminary adventure um where basically like you discover alien life on like an asteroid uh and so like we did a prelim adventure and that went very very well but when we got to Hardlight station like everything it just everything went to to hell in a handbasket and like a lot of it I'm like okay so you guys are in the hospital ward or like the 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 medical wing and the lights are flickering and like the doors are ripped up and there's blood all over the place and there's this that and that like I'm 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 trying my best to describe that this is a dangerous horror filled area. This is the quarantine wing. One of the doors in the quarantine wing has been ripped off. And like the, the stuff has been pressed outward. Like the walls have been pressed outward and you can hear this like strange raspy breathing coming from in there. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, if I was playing, I'd be like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm leaving. And they're like, no, we're going to go. Let's take the Marines and have <laughs> the Marines go in first and they will shoot at the monster. And I'm like, what are you? Okay. Okay okay go ahead <laughs> go ahead and it didn't go well and somebody they got their eyes ripped out and they got whatever you know and then they're like oh we don't like this game and I'm like, well i mean it, but it's those different expectations um which is interesting so i don't
1: know well and i think you know everybody has a different reason for gaming legit you yeah know, and, and, absolutely and, and i think it's it I'm not going to say that people different ages, but I think sometimes it could be influenced by age, by the genre yeah. you consume, the, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's just, uh, and what and you've write. been doing, and yeah. But but right, people like Call of are great for some people, and it's the worst choice for others.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It it really is. So.
1: But it is kind of funny. I mean, still the expectation. It, it is kind of funny. I mean, it kind of made me think of the um, Parks and Rec. Or, or was it Ron Swanson? Mm-hmm. He went to, he was upset and was at a restaurant and the steak was terrible. It was a diner. It was like 2 a.m. And he, say, he goes, son, I want you to bring me all your, was it all your bacon
0: and your eggs? Oh, yeah. All your, like yeah. all your eggs. Yeah. Like son. What, you, what <laughs> you
1: probably <laughs> thought you heard was me say, I want a lot. But right. what I really says, I want them all.
0: Every single.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, i say, okay, guys. I told you this is a deadly dangerous game, What you probably thought you heard me say was, "Right, you get a little bit dangerous, but what I really right. is this is a terribly dangerous game.
0: No, exactly. And then, and then to be fair, then also my failing as the dungeon master or as the, the referee or whatever, what I really should have done that I didn't do and I'm kicking myself for it is I should have had backup characters prepared so that i could just be like now you are this person that's elsewhere in the station because and so because it does it sucks when you're playing a game and you die and it's highly lethal and then you have to even if it's a fast even if it's really quick to make a new character um it still just becomes a becomes a thing it becomes a process and so i i really think that i would have done better with my guys um if it had been I think I would have done a different adventure also, or a different structure because I started them out as nobodies and what I should have done, I think bringing them from fifth edition into mothership. So if you're taking someone from fifth edition into mothership, this is my, this is my recommendation um, from my failure uh, is I really think that what you need to do is you need to put them as the crew of a spaceship where there's a lot of crew so that, and then you need to have, characters ready so that when their character dies because it probably will because they're like yes i go towards the monster with my gun because it's a (laughs) gun um that then you're like okay cool you've had your face ripped off you're now actually the nurse down in section c17 um so thanks for you know thanks for playing but like keep keep playing um i think that that was that was really really important and i think that that's that that's really important for a lot of the highly fatality games. I haven't played OSC, I have the box set back there. Um but yeah, I think that, that for anything like that. That's why I think that the funnels in like Dungeon Crawl Classics are so good because you start right. specifically like you have four characters. Um so you, you right. yeah. have this the visceral knowledge.
1: there is you, it's very clear that these there's going to be high death rate. So it's it's on the right. ten
0: right and so and then it becomes it becomes so much more fun and 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 you know i guess more gonzo it can it can it's easier to do things like cool saw blades come out of the wall and cut somebody's head off and then was like oh you know it becomes <laughs> different as opposed to like no that was my special character that i spent you know three hours writing a backstory for and you just cut his head off with saw blades from the wall that feels bad for me because i invested stuff in the in the beginning and um yeah, it, it totally changes the dynamic. So, I mean, you know, I'm sitting here saying, like, I hate rules. But at the same time, I definitely realized that rules are very important. And they 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 dramatically change the game and how everything functions.
1: Um, I just... Well, and so, like, they first went in. I tried to explain to them about hiring mercenaries. So, they first went in right. got pretty much wiped. Mm-hmm. And then I explained to them, well, really, what's baked into Old School Essentials, from what I understand, I'm kind of new to this, but from what I've talked is that you hire mercenaries to go with you Mm -hmm. and that's part of the whole economy and it's all baked in and then they hired it then it made a it made a difference but i didn't think about it but when a player dies one of the mercenaries can now become a player character
0: exactly exactly they become they become one of their 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 footmen or their their whatever promotion
1: Mm -hmm. you get a promotion frederick right exactly instead of a half share you get a full share now okay
0: you're now you're now a sentient (laughs) creature instead of like window dressing npcs but uh yeah Yeah. you need need to have those guys and 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 it makes sense i mean when you look at, at the way that like real campaigns and you know like the british in egypt or whatever like that yes there was the small group of of british that were there that would be sort of like your pcs or whatever but then there was this whole group of people that was there like digging out the tomb and whatnot or they were helping with other things so that if one of them dies in a game world then you just swap in you know one of the dudes that's been digging out the tomb and you know that Having those is very important, and so it is.
1: Well, you say it made me think of the uh, the uh, the like the the explorers going up the Himalayas. You mm -hmm. know, such and such was the first one to reach the you know the uh, Mount Everest. But I'm thinking, you got those Sherpas that are carrying all their stuff exactly, exactly, (laughs)
0: exactly, exactly. And it's it's, what about
1: those guys? I think they mm -hmm. get a bigger reward.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, legit. But I think and and it's very unfortunate that they're that they're forgotten in yeah, a lot of ways because we don't we don't hear their names and we don't know about them um oftentimes and so then that gets forgotten and you end up with something like fifth edition where it's like no I am a superhero and I'm yeah, doing exactly. everything by myself I am completely <laughs> self-sufficient because that is the way that everything works because I am a hero and it's like no dude it's like you have a whole retinue of you know people or whatever that are helping you do this Um, So, yeah. So then going from something where you're basically playing a superhero to like, no, we're going to be more lethal and potentially more realistic that, that you need to have these other people with you often gets lost or forgotten. I mean, I overlooked it for mothership and I'm kicking myself for it because I think they would have had a much better time if I'd been like, no, you're a crew on a ship oh, you just died, cool, now you're actually the chef, you know, or you're the whatever. Um, I think
1: really, the, I think what the core of the game isn't always on the ten. Mm-hmm. Like with the old school essentials, even the merchants, like you, you can win with a, with a mage that's got two hit points, and you're like, this is terrible. But it's not terrible if he's got a good charisma and he's got four henchmen helping him. Absolutely. But they don't, it doesn't expressly state that.
0: Yep. Well, and that, that's what's so hard. And that, that's one of the things to go all the way back to to saying where it's like, okay, you're hanging out with your buddies and you're writing an adventure designer. You're coming up with an adventure and writing it on the back of a napkin at a bar. There are all of these assumptions that are stuck inside of your head. Yes, and you've yes. got to get those out and onto the paper so that you can communicate them to the other people. Yeah, Because you know ultimately we're all alone inside of our heads. And that's, that's one of the things that's so fascinating for me that I like so much about these role-playing games is that you have, five different people or six different people who are sitting around a table and the whole purpose is to try and get all of them to imagine the same imaginary space which is literally impossible to do but damn it we're going to try it anyway because we're going to go big or go to hell and so like i'm trying to get all of you to imagine the same place and like that to do that is so hard and it's so interesting because when it works and when it comes together and when it hits it's magical. There is nothing like it when everybody's just like grooving and like everyone's still imagining that place differently, but they're still just synced up. And it it's, it's awesome. Like nothing, no video games can never touch that. And I don't think it's like a story game thing. Um, but I think that a lot of it, it, it comes where you're dealing with these like terrible situations where you have to make these judgment calls and, and, and everybody's, you've got to have evocative language. You've got to, you've got to know that, okay, we're playing a sword and sorcery game. So when I start talking about a chest on a person, they're probably going to think that it's these words versus this dude really likes cyberpunk. And he might be thinking about those words when you say the word chest and being able to know that as a dungeon master, to try and get everybody on that same imaginary plane is, is, it's tough. That's why it's a hard job. And that's why once a person is a DM, they kind of get stuck as the DM because they're good at doing that thing. And it, it's, it's or they're the
1: least bad
0: or they're the least <laughs> bad. Right. Yes, absolutely. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. And, and that's the thing too, right. Is that ultimately when you're playing these, these games, I think this is one of the things that people really go on a lot about on, on Twitter, especially and in other places, um, where when you're playing a game of D&D it's a social interaction between those five people and if you have a bad if you have someone who's not participating or not meshing with that social interaction and they're causing problems and stuff like you have to solve that socially You can't just say, well, you know what? We need to have more rules about player behavior and about player things so that we can adjudicate out the bad behavior. You can't adjudicate out the bad behavior at a party. You're having a party. That's why you need to have your snacks and your chips and your whatever, because you're having a party. Everybody needs to have a good time. And then you need to have this like weird fucking seance where they're all imagining the same place. And so, you know, just saying like, well, we need more rules in order to accomplish that. I, I reject that. I think that you have to handle it in a different way so, i don't know so with better content <laughs> with better content yeah i don't know
1: there we go so let's go back to sword and sorcery sure so i think uh it seems to be kind of a a somewhat hot lousy hot it's it's probably of the sub 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 genres of of gaming <laughs> have it is definitely i think has a fair amount of popularity still Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know if i've ever come across a system that really fully i don't know if i have really come across a system i really like that seems to kind of catch the feel yeah what are your thoughts is there a system that you use or your thoughts on sword and sorcery
0: i don't i don't know um i mean i know i tried to play uh was it Barbarians of Lemuria? Yeah, um, which like it was cool, and I got the vibe, but it just didn't, it didn't work for my group when we were playing. Like the 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 functional, the functional aspects, because a lot of the stuff. Because I like, I didn't run it. I had a buddy who ran it, and like one of the things was. I thought it would be cool to have a character who was, you know, magic, like a, like a magic user with lightning. And I was like, let's tie it into Topaz because Topaz and lightning have an association. So I need these Topaz crystals in order to do the stuff that I'm doing. But because then focusing on the reagent, then it started making it a, like a game problem because, well, we have to find these Topaz, you know, stones so that our magic user can do the magic. So then it becomes constrained. And so then the whole point is like, well, we have to go around and try and find this these special reagents so our magic user can do their thing. Or if we don't, then they can't do their thing. But that was their thing that they were supposed to, you know, and they were told to come up with a thing. Um, right. And so it kind of gimps the ability to have the adventure. And so then the easiest way to handle that often is to be like, oh, look, you find some Topaz. And it's like, well, now it feels like totally fake and we're breaking the immersion because I know that this is bullshit and you're just doing this for a mechanical reason and so I think that when I've tried i mean that's the the number one like sword and sorcery one that i that I've tried playing and that was kind of what we experienced with that but when I've like looked at other things I feel a lot of the same thing like it just doesn't um it doesn't work my my thing that I love I don't know probably more than anything I love Greek mythology I think that that like Greek myths and me like that's number one it's like the best stuff ever but I don't think that you can make a tabletop role-playing game set in like the heroic age of Greece with all the gods and stuff um, and have that work. I don't think that could feel right unless it was a solo player game, because yes, there were a lot of people um, that were traveling with Odysseus or that were traveling with Jason but they were always background because like they were the hero and they were just there to die. They were red shirts that needed to die. So if you have the
1: companions to the doctor, right.
0: Yeah. And, and sometimes you would have a buddy who would show up and like go along with them, but then they would go off on their own quest and do the other things. Like there were these times where they would come together. So it seems like in order to do like a heroic Greek era, um, rpg it it would have to be like a solo player rpg where you had a dm and you had one player and then maybe you had another player who could come in and be like a hero that would help them out with something but then they would go away um and that having that dynamic of like well you are a group of five people who are all working together as a team um like you see in like dungeons and dragons like that doesn't work with that thing and i think that sword and sorcery kind of falls into that same problem because like conan you can't have three Conans and two sorceresses running around. That just doesn't. Right. Exactly. That's not the vibe. That's not what it is. So I kind of feel like maybe with the with with Sword and Sorcery, it almost needs to be like that single player or double player. Well, to um, me, there needs game. to
1: be there needs to be uh, either no. If you're going to have a magic, you're only one magic user to the party, and that's it. Yeah. And maybe by being a magic user, that creates a complication.
0: Yeah. Or like, or, or magic users should only be the bad guys. Like they exactly. need to be, you need to have your Necron right. who has his like, castle and is ruling this area and the purpose is we're a bunch of thieves and barbarians that are going to kill that dude because he's you know subjugating everyone or steal
1: a step before he kills us
0: right right exactly and not not just like okay so i am the barbarian and i am the sorceress and i am the archer or whatever it just it doesn't I agree it, it doesn't work, work as a D party yeah yeah
1: and i but right, I, and I, I think that that d i think party man, is... magic's dangerous if you want to do it as a party to make da- magic very dangerous mm-hmm. like you know like maybe it's a, a being and maybe you have to just bloodlet. something's got to die yeah for this to work sorry yep. but if we're gonna get out of this somebody i'm gonna have to cut somebody
0: and they're gonna have uh-huh. to die <laughs> or i i think that you could really focus on 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 the reagents that are necessary for the spells and but then the problem becomes that a spell is so specialized the spells need to be big it's not just like oh i can cast a fireball oh i can cast a magic missile it needs to be like no i have to time this with the eclipse and sacrifice a virgin and but then i'm going to gain dominion over all the gold on this planet or some crap like like it has to be huge um which then is why it's better i think in the hands of the npcs as as opposed to the players that's
1: my Um, general feeling i don't think i would have a a problem with if i was to run a game but i but if you look at the magic a lot of times in the those conan stories they were a lot of times just summoning a creature or right you know doing something that's more affecting the environment than Mm -hmm. just a you know shooting fireballs or than a personal thing
0: right yeah exactly
1: but um And I don't think Conan. I I I ran. We I we didn't play the Conan, two D twenty system, but we tried Mm -hmm. running combat with it, and that was just a mess. And I think the whole as a hot mess. Savage Worlds. I've not tried any sort of Conan. We did do something with Cortex Plus. I ran, which actually worked okay. Actually worked pretty well. Okay. But it. But is is, You know, it's it is a kind of a fine balance because you want high action. I think the problem with the Using like a BX or maybe some of these others is like you don't want your you kind of got to have your characters be heroic. Mm-hmm. They can't be super squishy, but they also can't be superhuman either. Right.
0: It's hard to it's hard to find the balance. But I mean, I I think that one of my favorite posts that honestly I think it's ten years old as of this year is there's there's the post um, it's on Ian World. I believe basically where somebody breaks down and they talk about should combat be a sport or should combat be war. And I feel like those are kind of the two poles, right? Because um, I don't know, an example of this, another from, from a Reddit thread, that's probably like 10 years old at this point, there were, there were people that were talking about how if you took, if you took 10, of the strongest UFC fighters and you had them fight 10 gorillas, the gorillas are going to win because the gorillas are so strong. And that means that the gorillas are so powerful and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, yeah, if you go up against the gorilla, he's going to rip your arms off and beat you with them. But, are gorillas ruling the world right now? No, they're not. Because people, if we need to kill the gorillas, we know that we can't go up and fight them in like a positional battle of like, put your mitts up, Mr. Gorilla. No, you throw stuff at them or you shoot them or you come in the night and cut their throats. Like that's combat as war. And so if your character is really, really squishy, and I think also if you're incentivizing them in like more of the old school ways where like you're not getting experience points for killing stuff, you're getting experience points for like getting the gold and spending the gold and getting it out of there. Yeah. You're more incentivized to be clever where it's like, okay, so there's a Medusa in here. And if she sees me, she could turn me to stone. So I'm going to try and figure out a way to just never have an interaction with her. And I don't think you need a rule system to necessarily do that. It's more of like a a, a positional environmental kind of puzzle uh, if you will and right and if but you, i
1: think the rule system does dictate it, how you do because, it does
0: it does because
1: if it's turning stone only lasts for 24 hours or until right. you make a saving throw who cares
0: but if Absolutely. it's permanent you're like forget that mm-hmm. yeah, but i think but i think a lot of it that we kind of talked about before too is is that it's it's about setting those expectations and, and really setting that, no, bring me all of the eggs, not just some of them. Like you're hearing (laughs) that, but no, like you will die if you do this, um, and being able to communicate those things. And I, I think that sometimes people that are being a DM, like they don't necessarily want to communicate, like, if you do this, you will die. Uh, because maybe they feel like it's a spoiler or it's spoiling some kind of surprise or something. And, um, i would say that's something that that people should should work on um but it's hard i don't know i don't know i've been running i've been struggling with that a little bit in my um in the the game that i'm currently playing uh where it's just Well, like, this, sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. Actually, as I said that, a train started going by over here, and a, a that, literal train took <laughs> a literal train started coming by, <laughs> and that took my thought with it. And I guess it's on its way to West Texas now. Uh, so uh, I don't.
1: <laughs> so uh, Conan rule <laughs> sets uh, the car- you're playing in a game.
0: Oh, like revealing, revealing secrets, revealing secrets, right? Um, you know, we're 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 playing in this game right now. And it's this, uh, it was on Kickstarter, and one of the guys backed it, and he's running it, and he's really excited about it, and it's cool, it has a good theme, you know, it's like Vikings, and Ragnarok's coming, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but in, like, one of the most recent encounters, like, we go to this, this wall, and it comes under attack, and there's a, a captain that's there who's missing, we survive the encounter, and, we, like, we handle it, like, go us um you know there was a, there was only a little bit of deus ex machina that was going on you know yeah. uh, but we we survived we go through this guy's missing so we here's this tent so we're going to go through the tent none of the npcs that were there knew anything about where he went no one had any information like we were trying to ask questions to be like where do, where did he go like what do you have for us um and the adventure didn't really tell the dm anything to say with that we were supposed to go through the intent and investigate the tent to find the clue to go to the next place and they put the finding the clue behind an investigation check Uh and i'd walked in like i had been asking questions i walk into the tent you know i'm looking around the tent i'm like tell me what's in here and you know he's like well tell me what you're doing so i'm like well i'm interacting with these things and i'm trying to figure out you know where where captain eric went to And the DM was like, okay, well, give me an investigation check. And I was like, dude, listen, there's literally no point for me to do this because it's not going to be successful. My roles are trash. I can guarantee that. I rolled a one. I rolled a one for my investigation check. And so then that put everything into a really bad state because there was one clue to get to the next piece of the plot. You had to find the clue. In order to find the clue, you had to do a successful role. I failed the role. So then what's supposed to happen? You paid $50 for this adventure and now you're not supposed to do anything, like you're done. Or no, then you have to be like, oh, well, I guess I'll go ahead and give you the clue anyway, which I think then goes directly against it, it starts harming the immersion of the game world because now you're like, well, I know you're just telling me this because if you don't tell me this, we just have to stop playing the game. And that's, that's, it's a bad, it's a bad state for things to get into. And it's, I think it's very unfortunate when, You have these nice adventures that are written that have things like that in them, um, that basically you know people in this day and age
1: should know better. I mean, (laughs) This this is not 1983, right? And I think the other thing is what I I enjoy about like the Power by Apocalypse uh, games Mm -hmm. is where you can have a failure, but the idea is it can jog you. Say, you know what? You've you could still say this has to. There has to be an investigation check. But if you fail, you get the clue, but something bad's going to happen. Right. And this is a thing that you get that you took too long, and because you took too long trying to find this, or whatever it may be, yeah. And you well, can still I, reward somebody for having good skills, mm-hmm. but, but still also, you know, not tie up the story by:
0: Exactly. But see, the, I, I think that a lot of it comes down still to this feeling of like spoiling right where where you know because i'm asking questions like okay so we've resolved this encounter we're here um is there any time pressure like is there because from from my perspective as a player and i'm I'm assuming from my character's perspective based on the information that i have right now there's no reason that i can't just take my time and if i take my time why do i need to roll um and and i feel like it's kind of ingrained, sort of that, that sometimes they just like people don't want to share stuff. Um one, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I get, or the most consistent pieces of feedback about Hot Springs Island that I get that I ignore, um, is people saying that the map of Hot Springs Island that Jason Thompson did, that it shows all these. It shows a lot of stuff it doesn't show everything but it shows a lot of things um there are there are a lot of dungeon masters who say i love this map but i can't share it with my players because it's gonna it has spoilers it's gonna ruin things and i'm like you're totally wrong it will ruin nothing right it's giving people contextual information about the world like it doesn't matter if you know that the ogre village is in the North and the bad guy is in the volcano in the middle of the Island and the good guys, the, the, the water near are down in the South in a cave. It doesn't matter if you know where those things are, that doesn't spoil your experience because the thing that you're doing is you're having to make decisions of like, which one do we go to? Cause we need to be at all of them at the same time. So by giving that information, then then the player is able to make they're able to make that hard judgment call of like where do we go right now as opposed to hiding it and then saying, "Oh, here it is, now make your judgment call." Um, which has been especially tough, I think in in this, and I, I feel like it's made more complicated when people are encouraged to write backstories for their characters because you know, so in this in this thing, one of our guys. Um wrote up a backstory that he was like a like a minor lord, and he had some property in this area. makes total sense. um and so we go to that area because he's got some property. there's gonna be some people there that we can talk to and get some information from. and we're on our way to this wall where we had this you know, this encounter um that I was just talking about. but like you're it sets up this situation where the player is playing a character and the character grew up in this place and should have knowledge of this place. And then when you get to that place and you start asking questions, like what's been going on at the wall, what are people saying, who are people that we should talk to? There's no knowledge or information. It's like, well, no, I don't want to tell you that because that would spoil things. Like if I told you what this was, then the solution would be obvious. And I don't want the solution to be obvious. I want you to make a role to find out what that is. And so it becomes very. it's kind of a disconnect it's kind of like a like a short circuit almost where it's like well I'm, I'm supposedly playing this person who supposedly knows things about the world but but then when i go to that place and ask questions and try and find connections or try and do whatever like i can't i can't do that because the mechanic is you're supposed to do this role um so yeah i don't know there we go sorry more ranting with jacob uh, <laughs> next time uh, <clears throat>
1: I mean, it, 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 the thing is, I mean, obviously it is, you can see we're having random roles versus just giving information. I mean, there's there's definitely reasons for both. Mm-hmm. They both also create their own
0: problems as well. It, yeah, and, and I think that that's why you kind of have to answer that question and communicate it very, very clearly, which again is hard, of what the game is, right? Like, okay, so you're at a door, And the door is locked or stuck or whatever. Is the game, we're going to sit here for three hours and try and figure out how to open this door? Or is the game, we're going to get through the door and we're going to find a magic item on the other side that feasts off the blood of the innocent and we're going to have to deal with this magic item that's feasting on the blood of the innocent? I would rather get through the door and get the magic item that's feasting on the blood of the innocent and try and figure out how to deal with that crazy piece of bullshit. Then sit there and be like, okay, so how are we going to open this door guys? Are we going to knock it down? Are we going to break? Like, I don't, you know, that's, it's that kind of thing. And obviously there, there can be lots of different doors and the doors are frequently rolls. And it's like, well, if you didn't make the roll, then you didn't get the info and you didn't get the, you know, so. but
1: Right. And I think that's another (laughs) one where You know, and even there you can kind of have consequences like, you know, I'm gonna bust open the door. Okay, it's automatic, but you alert everybody.
0: Exactly. You made a bunch of noise. That's always an option. Right. But the thing that the DMs well, the thing the DMs need to do that's hard to to be sure to do is you've got to be able to communicate those consequences up front, where it's like there's a lot of other people that are in this dungeon or a lot of other monsters that are in this dungeon. And none of them are around you right now. And you know that if you hit that door, you're going to make a lot of noise, which is going to probably like, do you still want to do that? And I feel like it's that part right there where a lot of times people, or at least, you know, some of, especially like newer DMs that I've, that I've played with before where it's, you know, they haven't DMed a whole lot, which is totally fine. Everybody's got to start somewhere. But I feel like that piece for, for some reason that i don't know i feel like people don't necessarily want to do that sometimes it's hard sometimes we forget sometimes we feel like we've communicated it but we haven't um so there's a lot of ways that it can go wrong but i i do feel there's something with spoilers where people don't necessarily want to say like oh if you hit that then you it's reasonable to expect that somebody could come down the hall and investigate the, what the big boom was right um I feel like that that there's something there, and I I I haven't been able to put my finger on it, but I do think about it a lot because I I see it with a number of people that that I've played with, um over the years. Like I can think to some specific examples where they like just didn't they didn't communicate stuff like that, and then something happens, and then we're like, well, dude, like if we knew that there was this other stuff, or if we if we knew more about the environment. In this imaginary world that we're all trying to imagine at the same time, we would have made different decisions, but you didn't tell us that. And it could be like, well, you didn't ask the right question of Yeah, is yeah. There.
1: That's very frustrating. And I think yeah. for me, if there's something that's going to be like, you know, I do if it's going to be something potentially that I think that the character would know, mm-hmm. or something that like maybe the characters or the players are ramping things up farther than they know, then I generally try and say, okay, by the way
0: yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> and that's where i think sometimes even if somebody wants to do a certain thing you know i'll you know take the dice okay this is a deal one through two you succeed you know three through six it ends terribly for you and your dad. yeah do you want to roll this die
0: right well and th- because then it becomes more of like a gambling thing yeah. it becomes more of a, it, it 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 changes the vibe which is good i think um Sometimes, because if it was me in that situation, I'm like, I know I'm going to roll terribly. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to come up with something different. Um, but there are other people that I play with that would absolutely, yeah, I, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. rolling that. that yeah, <laughs> let's fun. do this. Everybody yeah. uses
1: their mind, and they roll exactly. one, and everybody's like, yes!
0: <laughs> right, well, because you know the stakes. Because if you don't know the stakes, yeah. how can you celebrate? Yeah. I mean, how do you know that there are even worse stakes, and it's not just the game master giving you the thing in order to progress the plot? I don't know.
1: Yeah. To, to, I, I love this to, stuff <laughs> to finish the adventure. One time is running out of time is like, okay, if you want to attack this giant ape, who's got a, who's got a huge advantage of you. We'll just do mm-hmm. one roll. And this one roll you succeed, you throw it over the cliff. <laughs> you fail. It throws you over the killer. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Don't no, exactly. percent chance of succeeding. And he did it, but, uh-huh. but I think I only go by expectations is like even about going about the room. It's like I hate I hate gotcha monsters. Yes, cloakers, piercers, mimics. Because mm-hmm. what does that do? Is it punishes a player for, for a character for or a player for just playing reasonably, turns yep. them into paranoid people who then yep. take a 10-foot pole and, and touch spend, mm-hmm. spend 10 minutes describing how they're opening a room a door but standing aside so they don't get a poison dart and also yep. you know it's just like
0: <laughs> that's what and, well and then and then when it's like that too then it just becomes it becomes almost ritualized and with the, okay so i'm going to do this yeah. and i'm going to and here's the process that i'm going to do in order to keep myself safe right and i have when to somebody say says every the ritual time. then
1: you're back to you where before okay we're just going right. through the dungeon why don't you just do that to begin with to assume Ex-
0: that yep. they're
1: competent people
0: right absolutely but then that's also why i think it's imperative for adventure writers to communicate the risks in the descriptions of the rooms like if there is you know a cloaker or something there needs to be there needs to be stuff that's showing those consequences that's making them distrustful they like you. you need to actively make them distrustful without um you know but then but then i think that kind of goes back to that spoiler thing where sometimes people don't necessarily want to do that because it's like well if i'm making you actively distrustful well then you know that it's a monster right. and i don't want to ruin well, that and but so, i think I if you
1: start if you want to put let's say a cloaker on there or whatever, what's the ones a hang, lurker it hangs from there maybe start yeah you should give some spore you know like what some telltale signs absolutely you know we're like they may not look up but at least now mm-hmm. they know there's something very dangerous
0: or a dead bodies work great you yes. know here's somebody that's been pierced they have a big hole in them they're laying on the ground yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> maybe exactly. we should look yeah yeah bodies work wonders skeletons work wonders there's oh we're in a room and it's it it's one where like the door shuts and it floods with water like you've got to talk about the holes that are in the wall and if you if you block it behind a perception check. Now, if they're little tiny holes, then sure. But if it's just like, if these are big holes in the wall that water could flood out of fast enough to fill the room in like three minutes, like those are sizable holes. You don't need to put that behind a barrier. You just tell them like they're here. This is part of the room. Tell them that the skeleton is in the corner. Now, I think that it's important. And this is one of the things that Bryce Lynch really harps on a lot on 10 foot pole is that that conversation that interactivity between the players and the dungeon master is so important where it's like you say there's a skeleton in the corner then it is the player's responsibility to be like well what's going on with the skeleton like they need to ask about it you don't need to tell them all kinds of things you can say like you walk into the room okay there's kind of like these rectangular holes in the wall around the room there's a skeleton in the corner and then at that point the players need to be like What's going on with those those holes in the wall? Okay, well, it looks like you know there's some rust on them, like there's metal. Maybe they're kind of wet, maybe they're damp, you know, whatever it is. Okay, this and then they say, Oh, okay, interesting. And then if they never ask about the skeleton, you don't tell them about the skeleton. And that's okay because they had their opportunity to say, What's up with the skeleton? Um, and if they don't, then then they don't. But so you if know. you
1: go, I so I Got Old School Essentials. And I went ahead and downloaded, yeah. well, because I'm writing some content for Old School Essentials. I thought I'd nice. at least read. Uh, read. <laughs> I better read something. So I downloaded <laughs> the the Incandescent Grottos. Okay. And I think that's where Bryce is coming from. And that format the formatting that they use is the top part has an item.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then inside there will be parentheses next to it. They give a few descriptions. Yes. But there's there's bullet points down below mm-hmm. and that's where it's more detail.
0: Yeah, no, I did that with hot Springs Island. I thought that yes. was really important to do. And I know that the, the first place that I saw that was with Courtney Campbell over on hack slash master, uh, with sort of like, here's a bold word and then here's the yeah. stuff that's behind that. Um, and that it it immediately resonated with me because one of the first games that I got on a computer when we got our very first computer, uh, was Ultima six. And in Ultima Six, uh, when you would talk to NPCs, they would have their, they would have their text that they would say, but there were certain words that were red. And if you typed in the red words, you got more information. Like that was how you navigated through the, the NPC interactions. And so I'm like, dude, that makes so much sense because then basically you give the dungeon master these bolded words of the things that are in the room and then in parentheses or brackets after them you have more information about what that thing is or more descriptors about that thing. Um and then down below you have your paragraph of like, hey, here is the um here's how the room works together. Like this is the way that the trap works. These are some here's sort of like a bigger bigger contextualization um And ideally, that should make it easier as a dungeon master to run, because it's like, here are the five things that I need to tell you. And then those are the things that you can then interact with. So you can do that. And then while the players are thinking about what they're going to do and what they're going to ask about, you're able to read the paragraph of information about that room. So hopefully it 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 makes it easier to get everybody on the same imaginative plane. Um and it also makes it easier for you to run the game without prepping and having to read and memorize everything because you sort of give this you have this pause moment where like okay I've told you information now it's your turn to process it and come back to me and while you're processing I'm going to be reading like okay what's the next thing that we got to do um
1: yeah, for me, I've not been prepping, and I've been able to run it pretty straightforward. Awesome. There's only, I like think, starting out, there's a few things that kind of threw me, but for the most part, it's been sure. very, e- very, very, very easy to run. Just awesome. The, um, but I think the thing is what I've kind of have been playing with. I normally don't run fantasy, uh, but with this one is like, I, you know, I do tell them, which is interesting, is that, you know, some things you roll for, like secret mm-hmm. doors or whatever, but, but this is also about prod and poking stuff too looking and i don't think they fully understand that so there's a lot of treasure i even after after we played a few sessions i said there's still a lot of treasure you guys have left behind okay (laughs) like i didn't say specifically but it's like you know if they don't check the bed rolls they're not going to find they're not going to find the gold pieces yeah if they don't you know if they don't actually physically start handling the statues
0: and look for for compartments Mm -hmm. or the plinth, i'm not going to give them the, the gold pieces that are hidden there no, legit. Well, and the thing that's what's nice about treasure is that treasure is ultimately kind of optional, right? You don't have to poke the plinth and find the treasure, at, in order to progress in the game. Um, necessarily, I mean, obviously, if it's gold for XP, it is the less the less gold you find, the longer it's going to take you to level up. But that's not the same way as if you don't make this investigation roll, right. you don't find the map that shows you where to go. Like those are very different, even though. They're mechanically kind of the same right they're they're very different in how they impact the game it, and the it game does, you're right it doesn't
1: affect the narrative progression of the game yeah, all it affects is it it, it does incentivizes <laughs> incentivizes them uh to 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 try a little harder, but it doesn't keep the 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 game from it doesn't bring it to a stop
0: yeah well and and as the dm you can by telling them like, oh, you guys missed out on like ten thousand gold or yeah, you exactly. missed out on a whole bunch of treasure." <laughs> They can suddenly realize, oh, I need to change. Like that helps, that gives them understanding. Oh, they can yeah. start playing better. They play differently because now they know, now they get it. You're you're more on the same page. Those expectations that the designer had that weren't necessarily communicated accurately at the beginning are now, oh, it's crystal clear. Like I fucked up, but, but I can do it better next time. And it's not stopping the game. It's not, I don't have to make a new character or whatever, it's, yeah, I, I love, Love that kind of stuff. Gold for XP is a really good, a really good idea and example, um, in my opinion. But then, but see, then that's one of the things that I did with Hot Springs Island because you know, around that time, like everybody was talking about on the blogs about, you know, gold for XP, gold for XP. And so, you know, my whole thing was I was like, I want to have the problem of abundance, where it's like, because I think that the problem of abundance is something that human that Well, here, we'll get really crazy. Um, I think that the problem of abundance is something that humanity is not good with uh, at all. Uh, I think that we don't have, like, I don't think humans have ever really had to worry about a problem of abundance. We've we've had lots of problems of scarcity and we've come up with lots of solutions of how to deal with scarcity, but abundance is still kind of new and weird. And, you know, like the whole idea, you know, my, my thing is like, when you one of the reasons that i think people should get the pdf or the digital version of the physical book is that you know digital files are effectively infinite like i can just keep making copies forever and it doesn't really cost anything i mean yes it does but at the same time it really doesn't um so the problem is, is like how do you sell like a pdf like you have, to, you have to make your PDFs artificially scarce by hiding them and putting them behind paywalls so that people can't get them. Because effectively, every person in the world could have a copy of my game yes. on their device if they wanted to, and it really wouldn't cost me or anyone anything because we're all connected and we can do that. So there's this like abundance problem with PDFs. Now, a book is inherently scarce. I did a print run. There were 1,500 of them made. Once those 1500 are bought or taken by people, there aren't 1500 more. You can't take a book and like make another, like you can like do a photocopy or whatever, but you can't just like rip it in half. And then one person has one half and one person has the other. Whereas with a PDF, I can have it and I can give you a whole complete copy. So that's a different problem. So thinking on that with Hot Springs Island, my concept was okay, so if gold is XP, let's just say, that these elves that were living here in the past, there is gold everywhere. There is gold everywhere. It's like in the filigree on the walls. It's on the shelves. It's on the this, it's on the that. So then the problem is, okay, so we have all this gold. We know that if we take this, we can level up all of our characters and we can we can you know become rich and powerful and whatever in the game. But then the problem becomes, well, how do we deal with this? How do we get it out of here? How do we carry it? Because it's heavy. How do we, you know, like what, I see it, but now, shit, what do I do with it? Um, Because, and how do I keep it to myself? Because now other people are going to come and they're going to want it. So I have to try and maintain some secrecy. There's going to start being all of these consequences um, because I think that those are the really interesting questions. And then also I've always been really fascinated by the idea that the Spanish- empire comes to the new world and they take all the aztec gold and the mayan gold and the incan gold and all like they take all the gold from south america and they bring it back to spain and they're like we're rich bitches we got gold for days and then it's like oh hey inflation (laughs) you know like i think that stuff is fascinating and so you know in a game world where it's like okay you guys have been to hot springs island you found all this gold. You've come back with boatloads of gold, and now there is inflation. And now maybe there's a war that you started because you brought this stuff back. So deal with those consequences now. What are you going to do, players? Um, this is your fault. And like, I think that that's just really—that's what I'm into. I guess. Yeah,
1: Ben Lawrence <laughs> his—he's uh, he's got the um, the uh, through the doors of old uh, through old hand mm-hmm. store. Sorry, and yeah, yeah. But some of the treasure you get is like furniture, so if you want to, right? If you want to carry it out. It's like yes, you're like you'll take two people
0: moving this desk. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's uh, that stuff is wonderful. Oh, you have this gigantic painting, and now you're carrying this huge painting, and it takes two people to carry. So what are you going to do? Oh, now you're attacked by. a now you're attacked by a swarm of giant rats and giant rats are such a boring stupid baby monster but like what are you gonna do because they're chewing on your feet right now do you set it down and let them chew on that like what oh should should the wizard cast a fireball oh but what about that painting guys i mean like oh i love i love that that's the stuff that's so good for me as opposed to just like oh well do you hit them oh i cast my magic you know it's just it yeah, I
1: a, I- a Fred, he said he ran a, a game where the people got like killed the dragon and got the treasure, but then
0: mm-hmm.
1: they had to hire so many people to carry it and they had to create a whole supply, uh, so a whole uh, uh, transportation chain and yes. that had costs uh-huh. and then it brought other pro. I mean, so by the time they actually got all the gold, like they only had a, a portion,
0: yes, <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> like,
0: okay, oh, right. and now you've paid your taxes. Oh, yeah. look. <laughs> now yeah. you're able to talk to the king but he's just taking your stuff you know it's yeah, it, yeah dude it, that that those little things are so they're they're fun because i mean i i think it's one of those things where it's like it's a it's a problem that has no real solution like and and there's so many different ways that it can be solved um, and every table that plays the adventure is going to solve it differently because it's different people making different decisions. Um, and I think that stuff is really, I think that stuff is really cool. I, don't
1: know. I agree. Well, I think we're hitting the time space continuum. I think we were hitting oh, uh, yeah. about, about two hours.
0: <laughs> God, yeah, we
1: are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a common occurrence. There we go. <laughs> uh, we gotta we gotta uh, talk again. Into, I think more detail about Hot Springs Island, um, sure. Which uh, was something I was intending to do, but um, but uh, we had a good ramble to begin with. I just didn't want to ruin it.
0: No worries.
1: That's awesome.
0: Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. it oh, fun. I
1: appreciate you coming on, and I'll definitely have to have you on again. All right.
0: Sounds good. Take care. I'll see you around, Jeff. Thanks.